Da, 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 da. We are live. Oof. Oof. <laughs> well, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <clears throat> we'll have to get a different one. Okay, okay, quote of the day. There is nothing. Oh, shit, I fucked that up. Quote of the day. There is no new thing under the sun. It's from the Bible. Remember that. I'm Lex, and this is Laura Mars, and this is the Jig Is Up podcast. We'll just call it the Jig Is Up. Probably. Jig the jig. Episode numero uno. Yay. Round two. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> recorded like an hour and a half and we didn't actually get it recorded. So Whoops. this is uh, take two. Uh, so I guess we're going to have to explain ourselves all over again. Mm-hmm. We're just two normal people, two apes, mm-hmm. banging on this Idiots. complex machine with sticks. Uh, the, the complex machine is, <clears throat> is uh, the human condition, by the way. Okay. And uh, we... Uh, we're new to this thing. So our goal, our whole goal with the podcast is simple and complex, hard to explain, but uh, uh, you'll, you'll see. <laughs> so essentially... There's a lot to unravel. Yeah, yeah. And this is why there's going to be many, many, say. many episodes. Our whole goal with this podcast is to articulate subjects that we find to be fascinating, important, things that can improve... Uh, our lives as well as hopefully to try to mm-hmm. let people know what they don't know so that they can improve their lives as well. Uh, it seems to be working for us. So yeah, we want to yeah. share that. We want to share the things that we've done. We want to share the things that we want to do. And we want to share the things that we plan to do. Uh, and then in that, in that hopes that in the hopes that other people will look at these and, and ask themselves, is this a good idea? Is this good advice? Mm-hmm. Because, it's a lot more uh, convincing if you take it advice from somebody that has <laughs> that has done it already and has been mm-hmm. successful. Uh, because the last thing you should do is listen to losers, which people that haven't come to the question themselves yet. It's yeah. not like they have the ans- any answer or an idea of an answer anyway that, yeah. to try. Exactly. So, so we have an idea. We don't have the answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have yeah. ideas. We have ideas. We don't have answers. That's the. That's a really good tagline. Um, so what does the podcast name stand for? What, what does it mean to you? What is the jig is up? Uh, I was thinking about that actually the other day. The jig is up when every time I think about it, when I play it to myself, I think like the jig is up, the bullshit's over. Like everybody sees, everybody knows you're not, you're lying to yourself. I'm lying to myself right now. Fucking stop it, you know, and just the jig's up. So Mm-hmm. Start working hard. Stop yeah. making excuses. Yeah. Everybody's got that same excuse as you. Yeah. That's what, when I think of it, I, mean, I guess, for the most part, that's what I, I think. Yeah. I think of the, <clears throat> what we recorded before, <clears throat> which was, it's, uh, it's too late to be unconscious. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta wake up. And mm-hmm. this isn't the political idea. Mm-mm. Some people call this red pilling. Oh, uh, with, yeah. Or the great awakening. It's, it's not a really names. political thing. You don't have to be a conservative or a liberal or whatever. Uh, you're either awake and you understand what's going on in, in our lifetime, what's going on in the world, the things that we face, or you're unconscious. You're a sleeper uh, or a deep sleeper. Deep sleeper, sleeper. I'll, I'll explain that one. Yeah. And uh, Soon. So if none of this appeals to you, then... You know, just yeah. turn the podcast off and well, uh, maybe go back not, to maybe not, <laughs> because you know, if you're curious, you you got here somehow. Yeah, yeah, right. Somehow, you're listening to this somehow. So, 
I mean, we came to a question recently in our lives that we're just like, we gotta face it. We yeah. gotta we gotta figure this shit out. We're just gonna perpetuate our misery. And you, you might be seeing this. Uh, you might be seeing this kind of sentiment elsewhere. People like Jordan Peterson or uh, Dave Rubin. There's lots of others. There are uh, many philosophers throughout time. Uh, Socrates being a hilariously famous philosopher that would the sit in the forum and just ask people questions until they couldn't give them answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was doing that back then. Yeah. So there's there's nothing new under the sun. Did These they like are, that guy? No, no, they didn't. Did they no. like him? No. People really didn't like Socrates. Uh, mm, people don't like to question. People didn't like Galileo things. either. No. Especially like in the, the church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like him at all. So, so we're just putting forth some ideas uh, as just uh, two normal people that have come to realize some certain things about the world. And uh, we take inspiration from many things. Uh, never let someone tell you that uh, just because inspiration comes from a certain source that it's unoriginal and that you shouldn't follow it. Uh, I see a lot of uh, <laughs> I see a lot of people uh, taking hearing Peterson's <laughs> advice and saying, "Oh, here's just another edgy person with Peterson talking points." And mm. it's, it's it to me. They say that, and they've never you know. Yeah, they haven't never even cleaned even their looked, room yet. No, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't <laughs> dirty even cleaned rooms. their room, and that's. Their style, and they're allowed to express themselves. Yeah, right? yeah. They, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and <clears throat> so if if you're taking timeless wisdom, like wisdom from sources like the Bible, or wisdom from sources such as uh, Seneca or other great writings, <clears throat> just know that those weren't original ideas either. They got them from somewhere. Pe- humans don't just generate; they don't generate these ideas spontaneously. <clears throat> they're influenced by their environment. And they're influenced by the works of others. So, anyways, so to start, we're going to uh, talk about some broad, broad uh, sort of information to get you a, a primer to where we're coming from and uh, what we're attempting to do here. <coughs> and then we'll go through some steps that you can take that we're taking. Uh, I say you as the operative, as in all of us, <laughs> us but because we us. are speaking to you, it's the proper English. So. Um, <clears throat> just know that it's, it's not, uh, it's not a, a hierarchy where it's like, we are telling you, this is what you should do. It's, we are doing <coughs> these same things and we're trying to parse out the same ideas, uh, and trying not to make too much of a mess of it. So this podcast will be centered upon a couple very central tenets. The first tenet is how to improve the meaning of your life. One of the most central ones. Find meaning, pursue it, and stay out of chaos as much as possible. This is a Peterson stand standby. He he is very big on this idea of of staying out of the reach of chaos, but not falling into too much order. So there's a there's a fine line between the two things. Um, so we'll talk about meaning first because that's a that's a big word. What do I mean by meaning? Uh, meaning. Uh, is a fairly pragmatic thing to uh, to describe to me at least. Uh, you can describe it fairly objectively uh, with with simple terms. This isn't a lofty ideal of meaning. This is a meaning that everyone should be able to understand. And what do I mean by that? Uh, meaning to me, uh, and this is Peterson has echoed this point. Meaning is uh, things. Uh, ideas, people, places that you get lost in. 
So if you're mm. working on a project and you lose track of time, that project has meaning to you. If you are with someone and you're doing something that you find enjoyable and meaningful, you lose track of time. That's, mm-hmm. That is meaning. That is the embodiment of it. It is, it is manifested. <clears throat> uh, so uh, there's another, another meaning is uh, like, uh, let's say you stub your toe or <laughs> somebody breaks up with you or uh, you fall and break your arm. <laughs> you suffer pain in all three of those scenarios. And <clears throat> that is meaningful to you because it is immediate. It is visceral. It's something you feel immediately. Nobody can avoid that feeling of pain. Um, and so that how also is meaning. So as a useful little point, we'll, we'll be going into uh, a lot of the things that we're going to talk about are things that you have surely felt or had in the back mm-hmm. of your mind, but you haven't been able to articulate them. And one of the central ideas behind meaning is that <clears throat> it does exist. It is objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning exists in the world. And if anyone ever tells you that there is no meaning to be found or, or that meaning isn't real, just ask them, well, if I were to punch you in the face right now <laughs> and you would, you, it would hurt you and that would matter to you. Mm-hmm. So it would have meaning. So unless their pain means nothing to them, which some people might say that it doesn't, yeah, it's which would be something. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, if I burn their house down, they're going to find, they're going to be mad about mm-hmm. it. They're, they're going to find some meaning in it because it's meaningful to them. Their family's meaningful to them. Uh, their, their job is meaningful to them. Most edgy people that say that there is no meaning are just lying <laughs> to themselves or they're just ignorant as to what, how much meaning has manifested it, it's, itself in their life. Mm-hmm. So, so meaning, big thing, pursuit of a meaningful life and trying to do everything in your power to acquire that. Uh, and the opposite to this, the antagonist to the protagonist of meaning is nihilism. Now, nihilism is a very vast topic that we can go yeah. into in a lot more detail in separate podcasts, and we have plenty of subjects written down here. But suffice it to know that you probably know what nihilism is, <clears throat> but you might not know to what extent it affects you mm-hmm. because it affects you at every facet and every level of your life, metaphysically, physically, physiologically, mm-hmm. psychologically. Uh, it, it affects you in... Uh, your interactions with everyone in the world. It affects you in the when the things that you choose to do, the things that you choose not to do, and the unconscious things that you're doing right now are all being affected by a nihilistic enterprise. It is a incredibly dangerous, incredibly harmful subcontext that can creep into your life without you even realizing it for years and years and years and years. And you have to be very cognizant of it. So, it just takes control. Yeah. It takes control. It also takes orienting yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> so we are going to fight as hard against nihilism as possible. That's, uh, I'm just going to have to hear such a good argument to, to go back to feeling that way. I think Yeah. to knowing or to just feeling like, yep, this is the right choice. Yeah. This is it. I would have to hear a very convincing argument. It'd have to be. Um, and, and there have been plenty of arguments <laughs> made, but yeah. uh, I think that if you continue listening to this podcast, a future episodes, you'll realize how ridiculous some of those things are. And Peterson has already pointed out many of them. He's far more articulate than I am. Uh, Shapiro has also mm-hmm. pointed there's out other, there's a lot of other many people of them. And Rogan has pointed out a lot of it yeah. uh, there are lots of people that have uh, that have really put forth a case to make fun of nihilism and, and, <laughs> and, and its enterprise 
And, uh, and the last thing that will, so pursuing meaning, stopping nihilism, and the last being fulfilling your potential. So pursuing mm-hmm. meaning and fulfilling your potential are very intertwined, but potential is something that you have no idea of the bounds of. And I firmly believe that most people are woefully ignorant of the topics they care about. And they're also woefully, uh, um, uh, ignorant of their ability to change the world. Mm-hmm. And they vastly underestimate their ability yeah. to influence their environment, to influence the people that are around them. <laughs> uh, so fulfilling your potential at every facet of your life is another big thing that I'm going to encourage. We got into a lot of that on the, the lost forever conversation. Yeah, the lost forever. Yeah, we had an hour with, um, lost conversation. Uh, starting with this thing right here, you mm-hmm. know. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... God, there's so many things going on. People just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. They they don't realize it how it's affecting them, or they're too proud to admit that maybe it's affecting them in a great big way. They yeah. think it's just oh, I'm just on. I just check Reddit like at work. Yeah. Think about that statement right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Oof. I guess we can start with the with the steps, and that actually is a good segue. So mm. some steps here. <clears throat> uh, we uh, I kind of put together a, a little bit of like a chart, not a chart, uh, an order of how my experience went in this whole, this whole process of kind of becoming more conscious, mm-hmm. becoming more cognizant of, of how I was interacting physically, spiritually, emotionally with the world as I self-actualized in my youth. Um, so self-actualization in, in, uh, and the human in the human brain usually occurs when it fully develops, and uh, for women, it's usually earlier, mm-hmm. around twenty to twenty-five. Well, I'd say twenty-three. Mm-hmm. I forget what the average of when women's brains stop developing, mm-hmm. and when your brain stops developing and your your body has sort of uh, come out of adolescence, and you have taken your position in the world and you've started to realize who you are, what you want to do, and you have self-actualized mm-hmm. your goals, your desires, your passions, your behaviors, your whole psychological profile. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then from there, you live out the rest of your life trying to pursue those, that meaning, mm-hmm. essentially. And uh, so I, I would say I self-actualized like a normal male, uh, somewhere between 25 and 27. And uh, in this process of self, self-actualization, I came to realize a lot of, a lot of these things that uh, many great people have already articulated that I was experiencing but didn't, couldn't put my finger on the pulse of. Um, so one of them was the role of nihilism in mm-hmm. uh, um, pretty much <laughs> every facet of my life, how it had, it had kind of subverted all of my, my conscious's efforts to push me in the correct direction. Because we, we as human beings are terrible employees, and we are <laughs> even worse bosses. This is a direct quote from Peterson. Yeah, okay. We should fire ourselves because we tell ourselves to do things that we don't do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and I think that is a fantastic quote because it is exactly what occurs. Mm-hmm. Even if I know people that are asleep that don't, they don't, they ignore their con, they ignore their their inner monologue, they ignore their they ignore yeah. their voice, that urge they have inside of them to stop doing the things that are not good for them. Would you say they live in contradiction? Yeah, I would say they live in contradiction. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to quote Anthony Shuttleworth, my. Uh, uh, my professor at Ohio State. Uh, who I've never met, but now I know a great story about this person. Yeah, yeah. Who has another great quote, which is uh, living in contradiction without shame, which is his 
yeah. his um, expression of the modern condition. And uh, I'm taking that to heart uh, <laughs> pretty dramatically. And um, <clears throat> so even the people that I know that are, are asleep, that are living in contradiction like this, uh, even they uh, can see... Oh, I forget where I was going with that. Hmm. Even they can see uh, that they should be doing they certain things. They have a things. choice. Yeah. They have a choice. Yeah. That's the difference for me between the deep sleeper and the sleeper. The sleeper knows they go to sleep mm. and they wake up and they go to sleep and they wake up. The deep sleeper like never knows. Yeah. They're just never going to be able Completely to. Completely and utterly ignorant. And it's not that they're bad people, but they're just, they're, they're, the capacity is probably not there for them to really realize, oh, I can change my life. I really can. Mm-hmm. But mm, I'm falling down. They just don't realize they've ever even had the ability ever in yeah. life. But sleepers, yeah. no. That's they my just deny it. <laughs> deny it, yeah. They choose to be blissfully ignorant. Oh, okay. I, I know where I was going with this now. Yeah. And uh, so uh, in this journey of self-actualization, I, I, I went through some steps that uh, um, I believe have been outlined elsewhere. And they're just my personal observations that I've seen elsewhere in the world. So I figured if I arti- can articulate them, perhaps it will illuminate someone else's journey as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the step, the first step in this whole process of kind of becoming more conscientious of, of, yeah, of waking up essentially. All the Uh, names that it has. Yeah. Some people call this, uh, being red pilled. Red pilled. Yeah. Uh, leaving the farm. Yeah. Leaving the farm. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good one. Or, and, uh, in the Bible, it's Abraham's call to go out, leave the home and leave comfort and go out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. It's a very classic story. Uh, it's it's told in many, many, many different places. Mm-hmm. And uh, first thing you have to do is you have to learn that you are in control of your life. You're not a passive actor in this whole thing. You're not in the passenger seat. You're not viewing your life through a, a small lens. You are the one running the camera. Mm-hmm. You are the person with your feet on the ground. You're the one going forward. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <clears throat> And this is uh, kind of invigorating and also uh, kind of depressing as well because mm-hmm. if you have been leading a uh, terrible life, then you, you realize that you are the one that's responsible for that you have to admit and it. that it's no one else's fault. You have to admit it to yourself. Yeah. You have it's to, hard. You have to admit that you're, you are the reason why you're a piece because of shit. Because we think we're so smart. We yes. think there's no way. Yeah. We think we're just... This is just my life. This is what happened to me because bad luck and things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, it's hard to do. I struggle with it still all the time. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not a victim of your own life. You are you are in control of it, and things can happen to you, but you always can do something about it. Uh, and until you're obviously dead, mm-hmm. but and you can listen yeah. to this and let it go in one ear and right out the other, yeah. and then nothing will ever change. Yeah, if you, exactly. Uh, you just try it though. Mm-hmm. You could try it. Yeah. And there's another there's another expression of meaning is you could say, well, I'm not really, I really can't stop a lot of the things that are happening to me, so why try to do any of them anyways? True, yeah. And yes, your result will be, yeah, you won't have to struggle with the idea of change, but nothing will change. Mm-hmm. So you can take the... No, there's always the hope. <laughs> you can always hope that something will change. Yeah, yeah, you can hope or you can act. Just, you yeah, know. wait for something <laughs> good to happen. And, uh, and if you, if you, any of you have ever seen waiting for Godot, uh, you'll know that, uh, that waiting for something to happen is a terrible recourse, uh, mm-hmm. because nothing is ever going to happen. And, uh, so you can take the, 
the slow uh, suffering of uh, a mediocre life, or you can attempt to do something. And what is waiting for you? Just a just it's what a, it is you have to explain. It's a play about a some play. characters waiting for somebody that never comes. Okay. That's, I remember that's, you. That's, I, I feel like I had the, yeah. I had heard that term. I never knew what it was, but then you had told me that, and I thought, oh wow, mm-hmm. I wish I kind of like had put that together. That's the plot summary. Yeah. Spoiler, by the way. Oh, spoiler! And if anyone ever says that oh. that was a spoiler, and it's been out for <laughs> forever, so I don't feel how bad many <laughs> Romeo and Juliet both die. Spoilers, dude. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. Uh, yeah. It was on my my wait list of my reading. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get to see that. JLB just brought that up to me, by the way. Side note. What? He, uh, we, were, we were chatting an email, and um, we were talking about the sync book, and he, he, was, he was saying he wonders how many people might actually re- be reading the book, or, or any book, that they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to re- read that. Or they're just putting it on their shelf and kind of like, I'm, I'm going to get to reading that. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, well, I books. mean, we'll, we get more <laughs> books than them. But the average person, like people we know, mm-hmm. who just like get a book, and they're like... It looks good on my coffee table. Mm-hmm. Well, most Girls people, will see that. Most people I know don't even read. <laughs> no, so. I know. Uh, which is also, I guess I should have put that in the first four big things, mm-hmm. which is the power of reading. Uh, oh. But we'll talk about that. That'll be a huge subject on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the power of reading cannot be underestimated at any point in your life. If you're not reading, you need to start reading right now. And I don't mean reading Facebook or reading <laughs> Instagram Reddit. posts. Uh, or reading adult fiction or reading comic books. I'm talking about reading great pieces of literature, reading uh, uh, the the machinations of, of minds that are much greater than mine, much mm-hmm. greater than yours, much greater than most people's. And notice you didn't specify because there's plenty out there. There are a lot out there, yeah. I don't want people to think, you know, you need to read this one and this one and yeah. I, you know, think my way. Like, mm-hmm. no, read something other than the bullshit because exactly. you know what the bullshit is. Yeah. And just read something of substance, mm-hmm. and you know, you know. Back to the living in contradiction thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm reading, but I, I should. No, yeah, enjoy fiction. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like enjoy it, whatever. But yeah. if you're gonna say that you're reading and researching and really thinking, there is a very definable difference between reading something to where you're engaging and learning. Yeah. Uh, your neurons and your brain fire mm-hmm. differently than if you're reading something like a comic book, which is, it's a visceral enjoyment. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a consummation, and you're consuming. And you get dopamine from consuming. Not, I mean, you could still take a lesson from a comic book, yeah. I guess. But but you could take a much more articulate. You take very rough, broad stroke lessons from comics. Glamorized. It's like, it's like oh, hey, don't live a life of crime because you'll get punished for it. Or be a hero because it's what's right to do. Well, yeah. Those are very broad lessons. Those are good starters, huh? If you want to go into <laughs> the weeds and actually read about real morality... Then you can read there. much better works real shit. with complex things where you realize that humans are not <clears throat> good and evil. They're a combination of both. Mm. Um, you know, you can't, leave, you can't read Gulag of the Archipelago and come away with a black and white picture of what humanity is. <laughs> You're going to find that uh, that deeply troubles you philosophically and on many different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it really enlightens you to the capability of, of what good people can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're put in the correct situation. Uh, we all have a massive capacity for evil. That what would... doesn't fall fully fall under our cognitive control yeah. unless we're aware of it and we can stop it. What would you say to people who want to say, well, lexophane, I don't want to think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Yeah. It's too deep. It hurts. I don't like thinking about it. It makes me feel bad. It's hard. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to. What and do you say to that? The the answer to that would be yes, it is difficult. And <laughs> yes, it is hard. And yes, it will make you feel bad because you have not oriented yourself, which is the second part. The second step is you learn that you control your life. Okay. You're at the driver's wheel. Now, where are you going to go? You have to decide. You have to mm-hmm. orient yourself. You don't just get in your car and drive off into the sunset without an idea of where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So you orient yourself. You figure out what you believe in, what you want to strive to be, where you want to go, and how you're going to get there. And when you orient yourself, you'll discover there are many philosophies and many ways of thinking about things. There's logic and reason and ration, and there are various fundamental principles that uh, you can hold. Uh, There's things, uh, fundamental principles such as egalitarianism. Uh, There are fundamental principles, I mean, such as like socialistic enterprise. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the idea of individualism, which is a central tenet of the West, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, have to, you have to start reading into these okay. into before what? Go ahead. Uh, I, was, well, I have another question for yeah, you. Before you, can, before you can just take off and start discovering the, the, the meaning of, of complex things you see and hear and read and experience mm-hmm. in the world, you have to start kind of small. Right. But when would I have time to do any of this? Oh, yeah, to yeah. think this about this. This is something we this. talked about. Yeah. So remember, we did record this earlier, and I we're trying to like play catch up with everything we talked about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is, I mean, this is something that I, I, it's an excuse I make up all the time too. I do it all the time, and it's something I have to work on. But I never realized how much I did it when I was, you know, buried in Reddit or gaming all the time, and mm-hmm. that's why I didn't have time. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so it. I think a lot of times uh, most people shy away from these kind of topics. I know a lot of people I know personally uh, shy away from this kind of stuff, either through their own volition or just they just never have engaged with it uh, <clears throat> is for that exact reason. It's mm-hmm. the assumption that I don't have the time to All do this. Time. And I would argue that this is probably <clears throat> the only important thing you should be doing yeah. um, because what you are spending your time on is probably not a very good use of your time. Mm-hmm. And so what do I mean by that? That's, that seems like pretty harsh critique. If you are, if you are content right now, that's good. If you are miserable or unhappy right now, you probably should listen to what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, if you are miserable and unhappy right now in whatever situation you're in, whether it be caused economically, whether it be caused by emotional toll in your life, Whatever it may be, if, 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 you, if you find yourself uh, coming home from work with no energy, if you find yourself uh, complaining about things to your coworkers or to your friends and family, uh, things that you uh, think that you can't control, for instance, uh, or if you find that no matter how much you do get a chance to do the things you enjoy, like... Uh, you take a vacation and you get to play video games, hang out with your friends all the whole vacation. And then when you go back to work, you're still miserable. If you keep finding this is the case, which I would find, I would, I would challenge anyone to Mm -hmm. say otherwise, (laughs) because most people probably feel this way. uh, Then you need to figure out the meaning. You need to find meaning in your life. And I don't mean get a hobby and, you know, go for the American dream. I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about that. I'm talking about the nature of nihilism and the nature of social media and consuming and uh and doing all the things that you're probably wasting your time with 
And I mean quite literally wasting your time because you have a finite amount of time on this earth and uh, the way you spend it is is important. Don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise because they're wrong. <laughs> and uh, so, for instance, if you work 40 hours a week and you find that you don't have time for anything, well, that's patently incorrect. You're sleeping for 40 hours a week and that's a lot of sleep <laughs> for an adult. Uh, and you're working for 40 hours a week. That leaves you with 80 hours a week. It's what, 160 hours in a week? Things like that. Math. Have to um, so out. you have half the week left yeah. and you don't have time for yeah. anything. I find that incredibly hard to believe. You have 80 hours. You know how much stuff you can get done in 80 hours? Well, kids, oh, and yeah. other things. Mm-hmm. The second job, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's things. Exactly. And so, <clears throat> so first of all, if you want to have control of your life, track mm-hmm. what your time is being spent doing. Exactly. So obviously you're going to sleep for 40 hours a week and you're going to work for 40 hours a week. You can add commute time or whatever that. Mm-hmm. And then you have whatever other obligations that you have to do. I don't know if you will or not. Most people don't have that many obligations. Even though the ones they do have, they complain about endlessly. Mm-hmm. Like me, I don't have any obligations. I, I'm pretty lucky and I don't have to worry about uh, losing time to unfortunate things like I have, I have great health. I don't have to worry about... Um, extenuating circumstances and I can just pursue what I want to do. I, I do understand that there are things like disabilities that do stop people from mm-hmm. pursuing certain things. Your parents would be a good example, which we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, but broadly speaking, most young people are able-bodied and they don't have any excuses. <clears throat> so they do have control of their life. They just don't want to take the reins. <laughs> that's who we're talking to. Yeah, that's who we're talking to. <laughs> So you, you have to you have to realize that if you're miserable and you say you don't have any time to do anything, but you spend more than five or six hours playing video games a week, or you spend more than 20 hours playing video games a week, Damn. which that's not unheard of, mm-hmm. then you are wasting your time when you could be doing what you say you want to do. Uh, it's just, that's just a fact. If yeah. you... If, and I'm talking to all my friends out there, too. Yeah. If I've ever asked you about something, it's been me before. Yeah, and uh, and and you said, "Oh, I wish I had time," and I know for a fact that you play video games, or you're mm-hmm. watching Netflix, or you're doing something else. See on Xbox. Bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Then you are not lying to me, but you're not telling me the whole truth, basically. <laughs> and uh, so, and that's just my that's just my personal thing. Now, as a broadly speaking, to you know anyone that's listening. Uh, I'm sure you know people in your life. Everybody knows somebody that is like this, that uh, endlessly blames external factors. It could be you. Yeah, it could be you. It could it's be me. me. It, it, it is me sometimes. Sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, we are, we you know, uh, we're terrible about acting upon the things that we know we should do. And this is, that's the, the idea of human motivation is, comes down to this. Humans are incredibly hard to motivate. And uh, so that's that's what we're going to be focusing on with this podcast is first you take control of your life and then you orient yourself. You orient yourself by learning. You orient yourself by experiencing. You orient yourself by learning to articulate yourself and explain the complex nuances of of things that you probably already know, Mm -hmm. but you can't parse apart. You have to spend Mm -hmm. time thinking. Right. You you do need to spend time thinking and and learning and adjusting uh, to different things. You. 
Nobody wakes up uh, as a master of anything. You have to you have to be the fool before mm-hmm. you can be the wise man. So you orient yourself. And the orientation process takes a lot of, a, a lot of different, uh, uh, I guess, sort of uh, steps, a lot mm-hmm. of different forms. <clears throat> like uh, orienting yourself can be as easy as uh, setting goals for yourself and then acting upon them. Mm-hmm. You can actively seek out ways to learn, challenge what you're doing now. I, I do see this a lot uh, in my friends about challenging themselves. Mm-hmm. Challenging yourself should have no uh, part about uh, public virtue. So when you're challenging yourself or you're learning, this should not be a public uh, in, uh, endorsement necessarily. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you start this idea of orienting yourself and learning, uh, you shouldn't be virtue signaling about it because you... <laughs> Well, first, most of us are very primitive apes that don't know that much about anything. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> and secondarily, none of us are as good as we think we are. Uh, so to publicly sort of uh, exhibit your ability to uh, be more righteous than your neighbor mm-hmm. is a very, very bad way to start this process. And <laughs> it's somewhere where I did start. I started there. I d- yeah, know? I was going to say. It's really I... easy to go on Twitter and shit on people that are yeah. being stupid. It's very easy to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, that is not orienting yourself. That is, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself when you go on Twitter and you make fun of uh, SGWs and lefties, mm-hmm. which is very easy to do yeah. because they do say stupid things. You have to ask yourself, am I making the world a better place? Yeah. And you're, you're not. Now, if you're, if you're tastefully trolling and you're making comedic light of the situation, like, uh, like learn to code, uh, learn to code thing with still the, wasting time on I Twitter. Know, Come I know, on, are, but I'm if, calling if, you. If on you're that. tastefully making light of a, of a subject that is, you know, uh, uh, burdening society or whatever, then <sighs> it's, it's you mean comedic relief. Comedic relief, you know. Okay. But, but that's barely excusable. I'm biased though because I like comedy, you know. <laughs> same, same, yeah. And uh, so that's virtue signaling in any in any way, which is something that I I'm <clears throat> guilty of. Or was guilty of, and uh, is is not a good place to start. So when you're orienting yourself, I think a good tip <laughs> uh, in this process is to get away from social media as much as possible. Yeah, this it keeps very... you from doing the thing that you want that you're yes. fucking talking about right now. Yeah. The thing that's it. That's what's mm-hmm. stopping you. Stop. Yeah. So if you're busy consuming social media uh, or playing video games, this falls under the, under the video games thing. If you're consuming social Netflix. media, that means you're not learning uh, and. And to anyone out there that says that they learn things on social media, uh, that is bullshit. <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain your your uh, uh, trolling because <laughs> I don't think I've ever learned anything on social media I'm other than think, I'm trying to think of what I've really learned. A confirmation of human nature, yeah, of our desire to be, uh, our our desire to belong, and of our own narcissism. I mm-hmm. mean, social I've media. I've learned it's like a circus to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and social I media like is, it, is a, a massive display of, of narcissism <clears throat> and uh, the desire for dopamine. It's a big dopamine machine. <laughs> and uh, you're also not improving the world by posting selfies every day. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> and bring the arguments. Go ahead. I mean, you know, and we'll talk uh, about it. <laughs> please tell me. I mean, if you can, if you can explain to me in a paragraph about uh, how posting selfies every day is improving the world mm-hmm. or improving your life. Hashtag influencers. Yeah. yeah. By all means, I'm all ears. So, so 
orienting yourself uh, as as I think a lot of people lose themselves. Uh, I think most most men that I know personally, mm-hmm. they have learned that they control their life. That's a very easy thing for them to understand. Mm-hmm. They are quote unquote red pilled. Uh, the problem is, is when they try to orient themselves. This is where most of my friends have fallen. I, I'd say f- friends. I mean, most people that I know mm-hmm. have fallen off the, the tracks there a little bit. Yeah. Is that they then orient themselves by spending all their time shitting on other people. Oh, I see. Which those people deserve to be shit on, but probably well, not we, by you. Because we all deserve you know, to be shit on. Exactly. We all need to understand this. Yes. Please shit on us. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because somewhere in that, somewhere in the, in the, uh, the Twitter arguments, if you go on Twitter, which I would recommend that you don't. <laughs> if you go on Twitter, somewhere in all those uh, those <clears throat> autistic arguments, there actually is somebody saying something of merit, which mm-hmm. somebody's not listening to. So mm-hmm. you can parse out of out of 100 you know trolling comments, one of them is probably a legitimate point. Mm-hmm. But to sift through all that is a very time-consuming factor. So instead of doing that, yeah. reading... <laughs> reading helps a lot if you read great works yeah. and you uh you invest your time into learning really learning things that don't give you dopamine reading books that are hard to read that yeah. you are struggling to understand yeah, you have to yeah, read multiple times about that the other day yeah. yeah that sometimes i have to read something a, a whole paragraph like four times before yeah. I even and i used to not read books because i was like well that's stupid mm-hmm. that book's dumb who yeah. would read that yeah exactly and now I i'm mean, like i really want to learn that mm-hmm. whole paragraph i want to understand it i yeah. really do because the the path to wisdom is is a is a very tough and i i learned every time i pick up one of the books that i have i have so many great books and i have to finish all of them every time i pick up a book and i read even small portions of them i'm learning things and changing my perspective, mm-hmm. which your perspective is is vastly important, uh, and you can't orient yourself without uh, a fantastic perspective. So, <clears throat> in all of this, in all of this stuff about orienting yourself, you'll find that eventually you'll learn a couple of truisms about the world. And uh, so, I, I I have one of the truisms listed here, but there's a couple other ones that I just thought of. You will learn that. I mean, everybody, your parents always told you growing up, life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot worse than that. Yeah. Uh, life isn't just not fair. Life yeah. is suffering, and it's incredibly tragic. And as Peterson put it, it's tainted with malevolence, which yeah. is a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this will be very discouraging because you'll be like, wow, I, I became more aware. I realized all these forces at play in the world that are affecting the things I do and yeah. what, I, what I want and how I act. So I'm trying to get away from them and, and, and self-actualize and make myself a better person, more productive, mm-hmm. a more of more use to the world. And then I realize that a bombshell hits me that, wow, I have to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> and it is not a hard, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> I have to suffer and I can't ever stop that. Yeah. You know, so. That's uh, where a lot of people... <laughs> yeah, a lot of people get off the train off the train opt out maybe you don't know yeah, yeah. That, it's hard it's very difficult that's probably where i don't know depression comes from a lot mm-hmm. i would say yeah this is the existential dread mm-hmm. is going to be there and so this is probably one of the hardest parts about this process of self-improvement is is realizing that you have to suffer and 
the reason why you want to improve, the reason why you want to find meaning is that so your suffering matters. Mm-hmm. That's the big takeaway here is that you're going to suffer. I suffer. I mean, Laura suffers. Mm. You know, we, we, uh, yeah. um, it doesn't, it's not like you can get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm happy and I'm not suffering anymore. Yeah. And that's it. Got all this great advice. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. And all I have to do is just go and do this, and then it's done, and then I'm good to go. It's just not that easy. <laughs> it's a bit of a trick. <laughs> and that's part of being awake is you realize that it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that. So what do you do when you realize this? Damn, well, this is a good time to talk about bird box. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? The whole movie's about that. The whole, uh, yeah. You didn't oh, watch yeah, it with yeah. me, did you? Yeah, no, I know. Bird box, oh. yeah. Okay, so this is a total aside. We'll have a yeah. podcast about this probably, but just so everyone is aware, and I say this with no uncertain terms, a bird box is propaganda designed to tell you to not only stay asleep, mm-hmm. but also that white people are evil. <laughs> because every bad guy in that movie is white and every I didn't good want to go guy, that far into it and good lord every good guy is not white or is not a man and i say specifically white men because almost every almost everybody there's a isn't there a woman in that gang of people that attacks them yeah yeah they're well, white though but they're all white though. they all are all white yeah you know the white guy in the, in the with the freezer door thing white mm-hmm. all the white people killing each other John white, Malcolm. you know white and uh but everyone else is not white are mary sue's basically yeah and it's pretty bad mm, that they yeah. were that openly just i mean the writing it's, is it's, it was weird it's, when it's weird mm-hmm. so uh anyways but there's more to it than that there's a lot more there to is it a that. lot it's more well, about like opening your eyes to the you know yeah they make it look so terrible that that opening your eyes and seeing whatever it is this thing that these people are you know they're innocent they don't want to see they have to put their blinds yeah. on like i mean they didn't include children just <laughs> Just on a whim. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't something they did because oh it might look cool. No, mm-hmm. it, there's 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 underlying concepts there. Mm. So we'll we'll have a whole podcast. I'm gonna put that down. We need to have a whole podcast I know. on that. Well, while the movie Phenomenon was a social media nightmare and it was terrible that it became such a big thing, it it there you can learn things from these from these yeah. uh, from these clown shows. Yeah, there's some really good uh, channels out there on YouTube. Yeah. Really dive into this. Oh, yes. A lot. Okay. So what do you do when you realize that life is suffering? Well, Mm -hmm. you pursue meaning to make your suffering matter. What does that mean? Because that's a pretty, that's a pretty bold bold thing to say. Well, you have to start small. You can't rid the world of suffering uh, completely. So you know that. But you can do everything you can to rid it of suffering slowly or in small amounts. So this is the famous Peterson quote, clean your room. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, I mean, people have been talking about forever. The old, uh, the old like thing that your parents might have said or your grandparents might have said is you can't go it. You can't do anything until you do your dishes. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept. You can't go out in the world and protest the injustices and the suffering of the world on such a grandiose scale if you're your bedroom is a disaster Mm -hmm. because it's a manifestation of your, it's a microcosm of your life. You, if you have a trash car and (laughs) by the way, a trash car, we're going to have visuals for this. Don't worry. For people that are uninitiated, a trash car is a car with, that's filled with trash. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, those people, you know, like your friends that say, 
uh, when you want to go get in their car, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I got to move some stuff. Yeah, let me just and move their whole seat front seat is full of like Wendy's bags Ooh, and fries. Shit. There's, yeah. yeah. And it smells like, uh, it smells like mold Greasy and like mold. Uh, grease, like a grease fryer. Yeah. Those people have trash cars and you should make fun of them for them uh, until they stop, until they clean their cars up because that's disgusting. And also it's, it's, it's just a, a very bad way to uh, suck at something that's very easy to fix. Yeah. So you got to think about this. So I'm sure all of you guys, I say guys because it's probably mostly <laughs> guys, but guys and girls, most of you guys have seen <clears throat> the rise of protesting in the United States, mm-hmm. either on social media, which is not really protesting, but, uh, or in real life. What do you think those people's bedrooms look like? You ever wondered that? Well, some of them go on webcams and you can see them. Yeah. (laughs) They're not too good. All those like people, the people in the Antifa masks and all those kids at, at Berkeley and, uh, Harvard. What do you think their dorm rooms look like? What Mm. do you think that their bedrooms, what do you think their relationship is with their mother and father? Do you think, I mean, uh, this is a genuine question, uh, because it's my impression, because I've met some people that are like, that are like the archetypical uh, college student or young person, young angry person, because young people are often angry, mm-hmm. uh, which they have, they have things to be angry about, yeah, but it's very confusing they are not old enough and wise enough to know that their anger is misplaced. Yeah. This is a timeless tale, by the way. This is not my idea. This is a very, very... <laughs> this, is, this has been gone over in many... Can we talk about spoilers? I don't want Yeah, yeah. Many anything. different texts. It's, it's not a new idea. Um, so, <clears throat> it's my impression that they probably have trash cars <laughs> and that their rooms are probably a mess. You're so judgy. And, yeah. Oh, I am judgy. And so, why... Why is, why is Lex being so judgmental? <laughs> why does it matter if they have unclean rooms? And it does matter because everything you do, in fact, matters. And this is a good old page out of the Peterson book because what you do in the world affects what's around you. (laughs) You pathologize your reality. So if you are an orderly person and you see disorder, Mm -hmm. your first instinct, either whether it's unconscious or if it's physical and you actually do something, is I need to put this in order. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. If you, if you're, and I know this to be true of many people in different professions. Mm-hmm. If it's my profession to be a firefighter and I walk by a building that's on fire, <laughs> am I just going to walk by it? Of course not. Yeah. I'm going to do something because I have expertise. If, uh, like for me, if I deal, I deal with audio. So if, if I, if I know someone's having a problem with some kind of audio, yeah, I'm going to be able to be like, oh, hey, I work with audio. I can help you out. I'm going to, uh, I pathologize mm-hmm. my reality and try to exert it upon the reality that I live in. This extends to every, uh, most things that you do in your life, whether you realize it or not. If you are compu- a compulsive person, you do things compulsively in many different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. It is not a psychological stretch to say that someone that is compulsively disorderly is going to not be is is going to uh, probably be compulsively disorderly in their behavior in their everyday conduct. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as the person that is a terrible worker at work and a completely orderly person at home. Just mm-hmm. that just doesn't exist. If, mm-hmm. if you don't have any work ethic, your house is probably a disaster. 
You know, there. Yeah. And and the flip side of that is there's no there's nobody that's a very pristine, perfect worker at work, like the perfect guy that does everything right. And he's constantly on top of everything mm-hmm. that has a disaster for the rest of his life. And I'm not talking about the corporate people. Yeah. That, that's not that's not what being <laughs> disorder. That that's being like yes man. Yeah. I'm talking about people that are truly wholesome. That people really, they they work for a company for forty years and they're like that is a great man or that is a great woman. Mm-hmm. Those are not the people with the disasters of houses and yeah. the disasters of lives. Those are the people with order in their lives. Yeah. So I I do challenge you before you ever try to cast ill against someone else. Mm-hmm. Just think about it for a second and think. Am, am, is my life in order mm-hmm. first, you know? Before you say, like, how little somebody so- knows about a subject, for instance. Uh, like, uh, if somebody doesn't know certain philosophies or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, think about, well, I don't really know anything about that subject either. Yeah. Because I, I find that people are, are quite disingenuous when they're insulting someone's intelligence mm-hmm. about <laughs> their own intelligence. Yeah. Because we're all not very smart. We're not nearly as smart as we think we are. We we have learned to outsmart ourselves uh, a lot. So, and so, when you are uh, orienting yourself and you're you're trying to avoid nihilism and you're trying to avoid uh, behaviors and habits that are not uh, conducive to growing personally, you have to re- you have to remember that uh, uh, whatever you're doing. You're pathologizing into your environment, and if you could avoid adding any suffering to the world, that would be—that's the goal. Mm-hmm. So, generally, insulting people's intelligence is uh, not very productive because a is you can't learn somebody; you mm-hmm. can teach them, but they have to learn themselves. That's a very backward statement, but it's very—it <laughs> rings true. And it's hard to do too, uh, because you can't tell someone they're asleep; they have to wake up. Right. They, uh, they do. And through this podcast, we're hoping to illuminate various subjects uh, or shed some light on subjects that people have blind spots to. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, we'll probably have subjects show to us that we -hmm. we also have blind spots to. I hope so. I'd like to become a better person. Hey, (laughs) better version of myself. Yeah, I mean, if if nothing from this this, uh, whole uh, sort of path that we're about to go down... Is if we could say at the end of the day, after all the podcasts are done, hmm, I think we're better people now. That's yeah. that's the goal. Right. That is the goal. So, so we'll have we'll we'll be doing weekly podcasts. Uh, we have some other people. <clears throat> yeah, we have who the dark, are supposed the dark to prince. be here. The dark prince. <laughs> he's so evil because yeah. he doesn't show up. Yeah, that's the only reason why he's called the dark he's prince. The dark prince. Uh, and we have uh, a couple other people. Um, I've got uh, some some old coworkers of mine that are pretty well versed in yeah. philosophy and it's fun. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I hope they really like get their asses over here. But if they say, weekend. if they do say, oh, uh, I just, we're I gonna keep I, doing it. I don't care. I just I just don't have don't time, know. man. Then I'm gonna tell, uh, I'm gonna have to send this podcast. Xbox, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's important to spend time with your friend. Every week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you want to find meaning in your life, or do you want to get good at video games? That's the that's the question. <laughs> so you can't do both. But my stats. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've been there. I I've, <laughs> I've chosen games over real life for a so, very long time. 
So we're also going to include uh, a weekly tip and probably a weekly reading as well. So, uh, and the first time we recorded this, I had a weekly reading, which was T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. Mm. This time, I think I'm I'm going to suspend that. Oh, and uh, really? And I don't know what would be the most basic, easiest read right off the bat. Mm. Something that doesn't require. It's it's not really. Like, uh, or something that a lot of people, information. a lot of people already read, perhaps. Oh. You know. Oh God. Well, for what subject? Like what? Well, either what we just talked about, or uh, possibly what we might talk about next week. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to do the whole pushing certain authors or whatever thing, but yeah, just read Twelve Rules for <laughs> Life. Twelve and your Rules life, for Life, and, and your, your life's life gonna change. Better. Yeah, yeah. It'll, yeah. Just, it'll make your life better. You won't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he heard me say that, he probably would slap me in the face. Yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> we so we we met Jordan Peterson uh, last. It was we did, last fall, September. Yeah, yeah September. And if <laughs> if we said, I read your book and my life is perfect now, yeah. you probably would look we at should. it as like, uh, next like we're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you fixed everything. Thanks, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I'm not even suffering anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, who, who fucking got a hold of you? Yeah, yeah. What'd they give you? What, <laughs> yeah. what did they give who you? Who paid you off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another conversation. Oh, no. We're not ready to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yet. yeah. So we have all sorts of fun and fun things that we like to read yeah. about and research and yeah so things that we're fascinated by i think yeah i mean i think the read for this this period of time until i mean because we could recommend a book a week but that's a lot to read it is it is just to start off yeah. you know i'm not even really in a book a week i don't i mean i could recommend what i'm reading right now probably okay what are you so, reading right now i'm reading from ritual to romance by jesse watson it's this one, it goes into the weeds of a Holy Grail Arthurian legends. Mm-hmm. So we have to have a podcast about modernism and postmodernism before we can really talk about that book. But mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're interested in reading a book, read From Ritual to Romance. Yeah. It's a great book. T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland is also pretty good. Uh, you have to read those in tandem because they were inspired mm-hmm. by each other. Yeah. So... Uh, What'd you say? Jesse Saint? Watson... She inspired uh, uh, T.S. Uh, Eliot to write The yeah. Wasteland. So, and both of those are intertwined into each other. So, mm-hmm. well, we can talk about that more in a future podcast. I believe next week we're going to talk about something pretty simple, uh, which will be speech and cognition, mm-hmm. articulation, and uh, <laughs> pretty much how to learn <laughs> how to stop saying things like like. Like actually. Actually. Literally and literally, literally, uh, because I, f- I find, and I, I know other people feel this literally. exact same way. Uh, and I still suffer from it. Uh, mm-hmm. when I try to speak quickly is that most people say this, these words far too often <laughs> and it is incredibly detrimental to their articulation yeah. uh, and how people, uh, view them. Because when I hear someone say like a million times in a sentence, I'm guilty, I'm very guilty. They sound stupid. And they sound... You think I'm stupid. <laughs> they sound like someone that I don't want to listen to. Yeah. Uh, that has nothing of substance to say. Most great orators don't... I mean, all great orators don't use words that are useless. Yeah. Um, words such as like or actually or literally are, in fact, useless words 
because they don't contribute to the meaning of your articulation. So that will be that will be mm. the, the subject of next I'm podcast. I'm scared of that one. I'm going to feel uh, real bad. As well as uh, bad advice. We're going to do a whole thing about bad advice. So yeah. those two will be in tandem for the next podcast. So I don't have any... I mean, oh, yeah. some podcasts just stop. They don't even do it. We don't have a, an so, exit thing. What uh, should what should that be? I don't know. It'd probably be Lenny barking because that's oh, when we have to stop. That's, yeah, that'll be a good... <laughs> hey, Lenny! We can make a remix. <laughs> yeah. We'll get the keyboard out. And... Boop, boop. He's not responding. He's embarrassed. Yeah, he's embarrassed. Okay, okay bye. bye. <laughs>